0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts. Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We've got uh, most of the guys with us. Uh, We've got uh, Neil not with us this week, but we've got John and Roger Marsh, myself, Bob Duco, of course. Guys, how are you doing?
2: Doing all right, Bob. How are you? Somber.
1: Well, you know, it, it is. You're right. I mean, it is somber. Obviously, the big news and the big story is the horrible tragedy in nashville this week and we're going to be talking about this from a lot of different perspectives we're going to start talking about this certainly from a christian perspective and those people that are asking the tough questions of why god why you know one of the nine-year-old children that died was a little nine-year-old daughter of the senior pastor of the church and so people see things like this, like, wait a minute. These, these are Christian families. These are these are Christian children, and they get gunned down. So how do we process something like this theologically and spiritually as Christians? We're going to talk about that. But then, yeah, there's a lot of politics to talk about this regarding the transgender nature of the shooter, this woman, Audrey Hale, the way that the media is responding to this. Is there a legitimate concern over transgender violence in this country that needs to be looked at and addressed. It's something nobody has the guts to talk about with their outside voice, but there's some alarming studies on that. But then also the whole gun debate and gun-free zones and do we need new gun laws and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot to get to here and unpack. But first, let's let let's deal with the the human issue at play here. First of all, you've got this 28-year-old woman, Audrey Hale, who recently has been identifying as a man going by the name Aiden and putting on her social media that her preferred pronouns are he, him, this type of thing. And she also, about 20 years ago or so, was a student at this school, Covenant Elementary School, a private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, it's only elementary. They only go up to sixth grade she goes into this school and she just starts shooting people up kills three little nine-year-old children three adults including the 61 year old headmaster of the school and then a substitute teacher and then also a very popular custodian who was there as well and then police heroically storm inside the school. And it took 14 minutes from the time the 911 call was made until the shooter was taken down. 14 minutes, which on one hand is pretty fast, but then on the other hand is pretty slow. We'll talk about that, like I say, later on. So now, of course, you have a lot of families that are preparing funerals. And so let's just talk about this a little bit. Maybe, Roger, if we could start with you, because you are a pastor also. The pastor's daughter died and I know that we we trust in the Lord, of course. We trust in his sovereignty. We know we live in a fallen world, a sin-filled world. And we realize that God gives free will to his creation, to humanity. And a result of that free will are the consequences of sin infesting this world as it does. And so we know this is temporary. We know this is part of God's all-time plan, but it's still difficult. The theology of this doesn't wipe away the tears from the people that are suffering. So what do you as a pastor say to people when they're grappling with this and going, how can a good God allow this to happen and in a Christian school of all places?
3: Well, uh, first and foremost, we weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. I mean, I mean, there's really not a lot you can say in a situation immediately other than if people are crying, you cry with them. If they need a hug, you, you hug with them. If you just, Rick Warren likes to say the theology of showing up and shutting up is so very, very important in a situation. But just being there and letting them know that they're not alone. There will be plenty of times. I mean, obviously, they're not going to solve this problem overnight. And the families who have been rocked by this, whether it be the the the, the principal, the custodian, the substitute teacher for crying out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. can you, how you're you're filling in that day? And I was, I think it was the talk show host Eric Erickson said. He's good friends with the guy whose father was the teacher who took the day off, you know. So, I mean, Mm. everybody's Mm. got all these different demons they're going to have to live with. And, of course, the children, the pastor's daughter, this other nine-year-old girl who was the one who pulled the fire alarm. And as she was in the hallway, she got shot. just all the different acts of heroism. But as John Wooden used to say, you know, poise is who you really are under pressure. You know, I mean, you find out what you're really made of in situations like this. And I know God doesn't condone this at all but at the same time knowing that there's evil in the world knowing that you know Jesus gave us the command that you know not to pull the weeds from the wheat but rather the wheat and the tares are all going to grow up and one day eventually be separated we're going to see more of this type of behavior happen and i mean that's kind of a theological answer you know for what's going on here why does god allow this well this is part of i mean no death i mean is is anything that was god ordained because of the fact that Initially, we were all supposed to live forever, and then sin entered into the camp. So now it's a natural part of this life, but it's something that we have to, you know, take with a grain of salt in terms of okay, no one knows the day or the hour when the Lord's returning, but no one knows the day or the hour when we're, you know, our time is up. And right. I think it does kind of these types of moments. I, I would imagine, you know, this is a Romans eight twenty eight. I don't think God says, "Yeah, I'm going to let these kids get shot up today." but when that does happen when evil that is not of god does happen mm-hmm. god can work it together you know for for good you know for for those who love him and are called according to his purpose so my initial reaction is weep mourn grieve um you know don't try to figure it out just yet there will be enough uh you know information coming forward but also i think kudos to the uh, the police officers, to the school for having active shooter drills and lockdown drills. Apparently, there were armed security on campus as well. I mean, the fact that it was only three students and only three adults mm-hmm. there yeah, in addition to the shooter is some something of a, a miracle. And today, I mean, mm-hmm. when you hear about, you know, people waiting for as long as they do, and then, of course, we can't even get into Uvalde right now. And I, th- I think, I mean... If I had a conscience and I were one of those police officers in Texas, sitting in a hallway for what an hour and a half, waiting for someone to bring a key, yeah. I mean, just watch yeah. the two and a half minute video of these guys storming right. through that right. education building, looking for that killer. I Good mean, point. that they they were on task. And again, to the times that we we bag on people who are in the Millennial Generation Z, uh, Michael Kowazo, thirty one. Rex Earhart, 27. I right. mean, these are young men who took their responsibility seriously, yep. and they were determined to neutralize the situation. So we can yep. rejoice in the fact that there was a certain measure of justice meted out there, but weep and mourn. I mean, that's yep. the best, I think, the best good point Roger. initially sure.
2: initially. How
1: you process all this stuff as a Christian, John?
2: Well, and really quick, Roger just made something, uh, made a point of something that I think is, is uh, very key with one of our sponsors, ADF Alliance Defending Freedom, talking about fighting back and what those officers did and it's very much the same when it comes to our freedoms being under attack and us having to fight back and ADF does that on our behalf, uh, you know, small donations, $50, 100 or more, make sure that Alliance Defending Freedom can do that. Those attorneys there spend up to four times that amount of what we donate doing the very things that we're talking about in defending freedom, which is, by the way, exactly what these officers were doing. So, folks, if you want to be involved in that and help Alliance Defending Freedom, help all of us, because you never know when it's going to be you that needs representation. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's Alliance Defending Freedom. Again, go to Crawford Media Group. Dot net donate today and Bob as far as how do you process all of this after the fact much like I just talked about with Alliance Defending Freedom some of these people are going through very traumatic times when they need ADF not like maybe what these folks are going through but I tell you anytime something rocks your world it's just you know what do you do next and I like what Roger said earlier and I think as much as maybe we don't say this enough and or admit it when we weep the Lord weeps. And I think what Roger said a moment ago as a pastor is very, very important. Now, does God allow these things to happen because we live in a fallen world? I had a long conversation yesterday on air about this. Yes, God gives us the freedom to make the choices that we want. And by the way, for everybody listening, that's the biggest difference between the right and the left. We believe in freedom to choose to do the things that you want to do. The left wants to control every aspect of your life. In fact, this situation that happened two days ago was exactly about control. This is a very disturbed, mentally ill individual that has had all the wrong information fed into her up to this point and now wants to take control of other people's lives and or snuff that life out, and that's exactly what happened.
1: Well, you know, Roger, it's it's a very good point that that John makes there, and ultimately, we do make that decision to say, "Hey, we trust in the Lord in the midst of all of this. We know it's painful." The Lord does weep with us. And 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 by the
2: way, and and you know, Bob, Roger, too, that's not easy. I'm not saying, guys, this is an easy thing to do. It is not easy, guys, not at all.
1: You're you're absolutely right. It's it's a conscious decision that we make. And, you know, sometimes we have unrealistic expectations of God. We expect that he's going to protect us and insulate us from all kind of pain and suffering, but he doesn't. But what he does do is he loves us, and he walks with us, and he comforts us, and he Goes through this with us, and he agrees through this with us, and this is the kind of thing that helps us to grow as Christians and trust. Yeah, you know, in guys, him. we're
2: two weeks from Easter, and remembering what happened on Good Friday—the separation between the Father and the Son—does He understand the pain that these right. individuals right now are mm-hmm. going through? Mm-hmm. He absolutely does.
1: He, he, does. Does. he does, and he does. you know, Roger, actually, it's it, well, we do need to remind people too that when they listen to this podcast, we appreciate them doing this. Uh, we, we really want our listeners, number one, to be praying for these families, absolutely. But absolutely. I don't mind saying, certainly, we want our listeners to be praying for us who do the show. We want our listeners, Roger, to be praying for our, our sponsors and for those right. who, who sponsor this show as well people like Dennis Wilson and, and such. So, I mean, these are all, we're all in this together as brothers yep. and sisters in Christ, aren't we?
3: I couldn't help but thinking, I reached out to Dennis yesterday because the, there's a church, the church that Dennis is part of is also has a Christian school, it's Covenant Christian School in Orange. And uh, you know, hearing the Covenant Christian School in Nashville and the similarities there, but I know what a, a blessing that has been to Dennis and his family. And he's on the board there, and he he invests generously in there. And, and people who utilize Wilson Financial Advisors for their financial services are basically reinvesting in the kingdom when they do, because you're making kingdom-backed mm-hmm. investments. You know, he's had kids, and he's ta- he and his wife have taken in children. They have a couple of biological children and adopted several others. They've got kids, grandkids that are you know come from at-risk situations that aren't necessarily theirs, but now they're theirs. And Christian School has benefited them mightily. And when you make a a call to Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial and you look into the different investment strategies that he has available for you, you know that unlike the large guys like Schwab or some of these other places where their proceeds their profits are being invested right back into corporate greed, into these, you know, board of directors and the shareholders that are making exorbitant profits, Dennis is building churches in Africa. Dennis is building, uh, he's working to help Christian schools become the way to go. And when you see what happens in public versus Christian school, even in a tragedy like this, you see that there's a Christian school in Nashville that got it right and they understand they live in the world and the you know they, they need to take protections and measures and they did. I encourage you to, to contact Wilson Financial. Go to uh, the banner at uh, crawfordmediagroup.net. As you're considering getting your taxes done this year, what the ramifications are going to be for next year. Remember, there is a godly man who is an advocate for you, who will help maximize your investments, but also stabilize in terms of what the market is. I mean, if you want to guarantee you're not going to lose any money in a market that's guaranteed to lose 20% this year, you got to call Dennis Wilson. You call him at 800-696-9970 or click on the banner at crawfordmediagroup.net. And guys, that's something, I mean, that we all have to be mindful of in the world that we're living in right now is you think of these families who, have made that investment in Christian education, and of course, the world is kind of mocking, you know, and, and saying, "Well, oh. where what happened to their prayers?" There and this, that, and the other thing, but you know, I, I get it. I mean, the, the value of a school like this, and for those who are listening who are public educators, I appreciate what you do in the public space. But when you see what's happening in the Christian schools, and a lot of parents send their kids to Christian school. I served for a couple of years as the campus pastor at our church's school, and so uh, as we were walking. Uh, watching the video of the cam and everything like that, I could imagine building B at Eliseo Vio Christian School, which is a two-story building, the same type of thing with the door structure and everything like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, this could be our church's school. And I want... The world, to you know, to notice that this is a school that says, Yes, we've taken that we've got the bollards in the front, we've got bulletproof glass, we've got security on hand, we're doing everything we can. And that's not because we don't trust God, it's because we understand where we live, mm-hmm. we understand the world Good that point. we're living in right now. And, and 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 this is something that I mean, this is the that wise as serpents and meek as doves, you know, passage of scripture. I mean, we have to, uh, we're in the world, but not of it. Jesus' prayer, John, you were talking about, you know, we're coming up on Holy Week in John 17, right before he goes before Pilate. What's Jesus' prayer to the Father? He He says, Father, I'm praying that you don't take them out of this world, but that you protect them while they're in the world. I mean, mean, wouldn't it be great if Jesus said, okay, and from here on out, everybody who's going to go to heaven People have yet to be born for the next couple thousand years. You're all coming with me and you don't have to deal with it. He didn't say that. He said, I'm going to the father. I'm going to send a comforter and you will come until I return. You'll stay until I return. So we have to be wise. We have to be good stewards with our finances. We have to know where the legal advice is. We have to take those steps to protect the the pre-born in the womb and i know we're going to get into statistics of course all the gun grabbing groups are running around saying well you know the leading cause of death of children is guns and we got it which is a lie
1: away. which Flatline. is a lie that's absolutely. a manipulation a of cdc data we'll get to absolutely. that too
3: absolutely i know I, I know we're going to dig into that bob but i mean that's just that's this is the world we live in this is the way we have to operate and so let's be good stewards with the resources that we have and uh, and, and sharing that witness with other people this absolutely
1: Uh, I want to talk about, let's shift the discussion now to some of the, first of all, the way that the media has been handling this, because I know in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be doing a deep dive into how do we protect schools? How do we protect these children? And talking about the whole gun debate, if you will, and all of that. But right now, let's discuss the transgender issue here at play. First of all, it's been interesting, guys, to see how the media has handled this, because this is a woman First of all, when this story first broke, I couldn't believe how long it took me to find out, is this really a man or a woman? I don't know Mm -hmm. which one this is because Mm -hmm. I was confused. The media kept referring to her as a, well, first of all, just a female. Most of them were only calling her a female, female, female. Uh, the police chief was asked a question specifically, is this person transgender? Uh, and he has a, uh, uh, yes, yes, okay. But the media still was trying to sweep that under the rug as much as possible. Once they were pretty much forced to address that this was a transgender, she was being referred to as a transgender female. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute here. According to media logic, then that means this is a man who identifies as a woman. So Correct. at first all I'm thinking- backwards. I know. So at first I'm thinking this must be a guy. And then you start looking into this. Wait a minute. Okay, his middle name is Elizabeth. Okay, so wait, this isn't a guy. This is a woman. But the media is calling this a transgender woman. So the media is quote unquote misgendering this woman according to their own logic. And, and to me, it's it's painfully obvious that they're they're trying to keep the transgender issue here. Off the table, let's not talk about that. Let's sweep it under the rug and let's just make this thing about a gun debate because after all, the last thing we want to do is feed the narrative that maybe, just maybe, transgenders aren't really the victims that we paint them out to be and that there's a mental health issue that ought to really be looked at. Uh, so there's a lot of that too to unpack. And as we as we move folks into the transgender part of this discussion, I, I just want to remind everybody of something, okay? We care very much for these people's lives, the adults' lives, certainly the children's lives. And we care about children and people at all ages folks, whether you're 60 years old, whether you're nine years old, whether you haven't even been born yet. These are all human beings made in the image and likeness of God. those teachers, those children, and yes, the unborn babies. And that's why you hear us talking about preborn on this show. I want to remind everybody if you have not given to preborn yet, this is your chance to do it right now. Preborn saves babies' lives by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country, folks. But it takes money to do this. Now, the moms choose life when they see that baby, which is great. And they end up accepting the Lord most often, too. But it does take money. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life. So I'm just asking everybody right now, how many abortions would you be willing to stop? Take $28 times whatever that number is that God puts on your heart. And I'm asking you right now if it's 10, that's $280. Your legacy will be you stop 10 abortions. Maybe it's 100 abortions, whatever you can afford. Here's what you do go to crawfordmediagroup.net. And click on the preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Group.net. Click on preborn. You can give right there. Every penny goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, you can call right now, 833 850 BABY. They answer to the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So call now, 833 850 BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we talk about the horrific tragedy in Nashville. So let's talk about the the transgender aspect of this. Isn't it interesting, guys, that the media has been trying to figure out how do we even report and identify this woman? They should have been from day one referring to her as he and him and a transgender male, but they didn't do that. And I don't know what other conclusion to draw, John, other than the fact that the press didn't want you to think of this person as a transgender so that we can just make the issue the
2: guns. Correct. And, and I think they had some, some probably deep-seated conversations along those lines because if it's a woman that wants to be a man versus them just calling him a man, which he's not, he's a she, I mean, I mm. think even they among themselves were like, okay, how do we handle this? How do we couch this? What do we call them? Because the other thing about all this, by the way, which— I have not gone back and checked, but top of my head, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but top of my head, has there ever been another female mass shooter like we just saw in this particular situation? Because typically they're males.
1: Uh, I, yes, I, I believe there there has been. I, I saw some statistic, and it depends on how low. people— It's got it, to be low. Yeah, it depends on how people define— mass shooter. Some people define mass shooter differently than others. Others, There's one report that says that there was one female mass shooter. There's another one that says that there was six. And so... The six I don't buy. Yeah. Well, you know what they use to manipulate those numbers, they use gangland shootings in inner cities and such because you do have girls that are part of uh, gangs there as well. And so if they're involved in a shooting where there's four or more people shot, that's going to be considered a female shooter. But as far as going into a target, which is usually a soft target, and just shooting up a bunch of innocents in a massacre – no, it's overwhelmingly men that do that. It's very rare. That and it's part of that, wonderful.
2: guys, and this is where I, I do believe, and again, as you said earlier, Bob, our hearts go out to those that are mentally challenged, mentally ill. There's issues going on in these people's lives. I've said it on air. I'll keep saying it transgenderism is a mental illness in and of itself you cannot want to change your gender go against what god has designed for you if you don't have a screw loose i'm sorry there's just no other way to explain that and it's it's a disconnect from from reality that's right it is it's completely a disconnect from reality and then on top of that and, and again i talked about this on air guys and bear with me here but I know people don't understand there's a difference between men and women, but there is a vast difference between men and women. Both of you can speak to this as well, being married to to, to wives and raising kids and so on. Women... Are typically naturally. I know not in a hundred percent of the cases, but by and large, women are the nurturers in the family. When when you know little Sally gets hurt or Johnny gets hurt, the first thing they do is they cry for mom. They don't typically cry for dad because they know mom is the nurturer. So it really goes against even everything psychologically speaking for a woman to take the lives of kids, especially. This is a very disturbed, mentally ill person that we're not talking about in that manner.
1: And we're scr- we're creating this mental illness in our that's culture right. and society today with Drag Queen Storytime Hour, and right. we're basically right. teaching people to get confused about their own gender and to detach from reality, and we're that's starting right. it at a young age.
2: That's so right. So
3: basically, guys, what we're seeing here is that, I don't know if you saw the story uh, earlier this week about the, the Drag Queen uh, mandatory thing in North Carolina where there was a guy who was lap dancing some teenage girl right. and going viral. The same people who are telling us that's not grooming are also saying it's okay for right. someone like Audrey Hale. Right. Right. to bring three guns to a, a, a Christian school and shoot them up because she didn't really like going there when she was younger. I mean, the, the, the one case that came to mind here, especially our listeners at San Diego will remember this one, the case of Brenda Spencer. Uh, you remember that song that was popular, I Don't Like Mondays? She was the teenage girl who went to Grover Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego in 1979. She shot and killed the principal and custodian. There were eight other kids that were uh, she was just recently paroled by the way I mean she's been in prison mm. since 1979 mm. but that was so atypical again because a 16-year-old girl's a mass shooter right. what the heck you know but nowadays you know it, it's it's becoming more common and I can't help but wonder how many of these young women who are confused who are messing with their DNA and their RNA and their you know testosterone and estrogen levels might have a little bit of you know whatever gender dysphoria they had is getting worse because of right. the chemically way, ways they're chemically altering their bodies. And just because this young lady had an online persona that said, Well, online I like to be called Aiden and I'm he and him, but we don't know what was happening. I mean, she apparently was somewhat autistic or somewhere on the spectrum. She was seeing a psychiatrist who said that she was unstable. And her parents, plus I mean, we can talk about this in the other, uh, in the second half of the podcast. Her good, godly, Christian parents saying we didn't know she owned any guns. She lived at home with them for 28 years. I mean, at some point, mom and dad have to take a little responsibility too and say, "What is going on in the life of your child? You can't just go along to get along because she could be a little outlandish at times."
1: I'll tell you what I I think this whole transgender movement of scrambling kids brains is way more dangerous than people yep. want to acknowledge it yep, seems yep. and and fact. this is this is something that that we have got to come to terms with that we're not only confusing children right now and causing them to have psychological problems. We're making them mentally unstable and potentially dangerous as well. And so we're going to talk more about that, obviously, in the second half of this podcast. We're going to talk about the whole gun debate as well. So we've got a lot of things to get to and continue to unpack as we work through this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. We do want to ask you again, if you would prayerfully consider stopping some abortions right now through preborn, remember, all you have to do is go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. And that's that's what you do to basically pay for ultrasound images for these expectant moms to see the first picture of their baby they've ever seen. And they choose life when they see that picture. So $28 stops one abortion. How many abortions will be the legacy in your family that you stop? Take $28 times whatever number maybe God puts on your heart. Is it 10 babies? Is it 100 babies? Is it 1,000 babies if you're gonna afford that? I don't know what that number is. But everybody needs to do something here to save these babies' lives. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Also, if you want to give over the phone, the answer to the phone's 24-7. So you can call in the middle of the night if you want to. Just call 833-850-BABY. Mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call 833-850-BABY. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. We appreciate folks doing that. Now, the second half of this podcast We're going to be talking about some more on the transgender thing, the gun debate part of this as well. And if you want to listen to the second half on your regular radio station... Your regular radio station may play the second half at a different time. So if they do, just go to the website of your radio station you're listening to us on now and look at the program guide and see where they play the second half. Or just listen online at crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen. You can watch video of our podcast as well at myhopenow.com. And Roger and John and myself, Bob, we're going to continue the second half
0: next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from California. Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York will be back with us next week. We're talking about the horrific shooting that took place in Nashville of this transgendered shooter. You know, I was... Guys, before we get into the gun debate, I was mentioning that I don't think this is just scrambling the brains, this whole transgender movement. It's not just scrambling the brains of young people today, but it's also... Creating a mental illness in them. It's per, it's, it's paten-
2: purposefully it's purposeful programming. Bob is what it is. I don't yeah. even know if it's scrambling of the brain. It's purposely programming them.
1: No. Well, yeah. you know what it, it is. But if you program, if you purposely program someone's brain to be different than how God designed yep. it to be, yep. then you're, you're going to create an unstable situation. That's right. And I just let me share with you guys something that the mainstream press won't tell you, won't talk about. All right. But there was a study that was conducted, and it, it was conducted in 2022. And the study is entitled Meaning in Life Future Orientation and Support for Violent Radicalization Among Canadian College Students During COVID 19 Pandemic. And what they did was they studied young people, and this is young people between the age of 16 and 25, thousands of young people that they studied and researched to determine what are the odds that somebody's going to develop what they called violent radicalization, right? Violent radicalization and the study, And but this is not a Christian study, by the way, okay? This is a liberal left-wing academic study. They defined va- violent radicalization as, quote, a complex and multidimensional phenomenon defined as a process whereby an individual or a group increases support for violence as a legitimate means to reach a specific political, social, and religious goal. Now, this study... I want to read to you just one short little paragraph from this study. Quote, transgender and gender diverse youth emerge as the group at the highest risk of support for violent radicalization. This is in line with results of a recent study conducted during the pandemic that highlighted high levels of support for violent radicalization as well as psychological distress among gender minorities in other words, transgender people. Now, this study is a peer-reviewed study, and it appears, and you can look it up now. I looked it up this morning. It's in the National Library of Medicine at the National Institutes of Health, and it was published February 11th, 2022. This is peer-reviewed study. Nobody in the media will touch this. When you reprogram people's brains in this way. You create mental instability. Mental instability increases the odds that somebody's going to engage in radical violence. And we're seeing this right now. And this is something, do you realize this is not the first transgender LGBT person who's engaged in these kinds of mass shootings. In November of 2018, you had a guy who identified as a woman who uh, wounded three and killed three at in aberdeen maryland in may of 2019 you had a colorado woman who identified as a male who shot up a school killing one and wounding eight in november of last year a colorado man shot up a gay nightclub but he identified as a transsexual and then of course we now have audrey hale who identifies as a man aiden and he him this is something that Nobody wants to talk about because it's so politically incorrect. But there is a real violence concern when it comes to scrambling the brains of young people right now regarding their gender. Yet the media wants to tell us that the real danger and the real threat are laws that are being passed here in Tennessee. NBC just ran an absurd headline yesterday saying that... Fear pervades the trans community after this shooting. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? No, fear yep. is pervading the Christian community because they're right. the ones getting shot up. So uh, other, I, other I think this transgenderism read. thing is sicker than people realize.
2: I agree. Another headline read, Nashville Shooter Felt No Other Effective Way to Be Seen, Radical Trans Group, said, Hate Has Consequences, the Radical Trans Collective said. That's right. Said. So, guys, uh, we, are, we are literally, literally under attack i have no no other way to say it guys Let's and by the way what's happening the
1: people you just referenced there that that group was called the trans resistance network mm-hmm. and I've they not only said exactly what you quoted there john they also said in their statement quote hate has consequences yep say like, are you kidding me yep well uh, but this is what we're hearing roger
3: Well, guys out here in the People's Republic, we had a bill, a couple of bills, Senate Bill 1172 and then Assembly Bill 2943. Both of them basically said that it would be a fraudulent claim for any psychiatrist or counselor or therapist or pastor or whatever to tell a person that if they were trying to change their sexual orientation or gender identity, it would be illegal to do so. But what they meant was if a person comes to a counselor for counseling and says, I'm a man, I feel like I'm trapped inside a woman's body, you can't talk them out of it and this it's this is we were we've been leading the league in these kinds of stupid bills for years and this is i mean something that's on the law on the books right now the idea that it has become a sanctuary state here in california for people to change their gender identity and years ago we had a client who was working with us a guy who ran a great christian camp for kids in foster care system and around the time that AB 2943 passed, he looked at me horrified but when I told him about it cause he hadn't heard about it. He said, do you know that kids of the foster care system are so vulnerable? They've been so badly abused in many mm-hmm. cases. Sometimes they've been addicted. They might have been born addicted. And they are act- a lot of them consider changing their gender just because of the emotional pain they have. And now this bill basically sentences that 13 year old girl who thinks she's a boy, or that 14-year-old boy who thinks he's a girl, it sentences them to a life of hormone therapy replacement Mm -hmm. and surgical procedures. And now since they're wards of the state, what are you going to do? So are we surprised that this is happening in the transgender community? The transgender community will say, well, you shouldn't be because, I mean, this is the way people are born. At the same time, the only reason people come to terms with this is from people in that same community saying, you should question your sexuality. So, okay, which one is it, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, when we talk about pre-born pop and you talk about the ultrasounds, I'm like, it's pretty clear when you do the right. pre-born ultrasound what you're dealing with here. You are either looking at your baby boy or your baby girl, full stop. I know. Uh,
1: by the way, John, uh, I uh, right. we're hearing so much that this is because of the radical extreme laws that were passed in right. Tennessee. And right. if you think about this, what they're doing in Tennessee with this law, I think they're the fourth state now to do this, certainly Florida has, They're basically protecting children saying, we are not going to allow children to go through body mutilation, permanent bodily body mutilation, hormones, and surgery. So if you want to do the whole sex change thing, you have to wait until you're adult. We're not going to do that to children and we're not going to subject children to sexually graphic drag queen shows. Uh, To me, this is a common sense issue. This is about all Tennessee's doing is fighting for the rights of parents to protect their children in cases like this. This is not some crazy radical thing.
2: No, it's not. And again, really quick, ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, everything Bob, you're talking about and where some of those things are happening where, you know, parents, uh, school board meetings, things along those lines where there's just attack after attack after attack. And let's face it, guys, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit i'm not an attorney i don't know how to fight some of these things in the legal system the legal system is designed actually i believe stacked against people like the three of us the reality is you've got to have professionals on site and on staff to help you with these different things and that's alliance defending freedom right now a a donation of fifty hundred dollars whatever you can afford these attorneys will spend four times that amount representing people that are under attack the very people that we're talking about right now so folks if you can support alliance defending freedom please do so it's crawford Media Group.net donate now. Crawford Media Group.net. And Bob, again, as I said earlier, we are literally under attack. If we don't get this under control, I'm sorry to say this isn't going to be the last one of these we see.
1: Yeah, it probably is not. And you know, Roger, I I know you're very passionate about this as well. And as believers, we need to pay attention. to. We need to be wise pretty much in everything that we do. We need to be wise in the way that we vote. We need to be wise in the way and shrewd in the way that we protect our children. We need to stand up for these things. We need to be wise and shrewd wait, which, in everything, really in, in, including our money, by the way. Wait, wait, yeah, it is. Yeah, John.
2: Really, quick, really quick, Roger, before you, you talk about about what you're going to get into here really quick. And, Roger, you said it a moment ago. Where's the parents? You you know you've got a disturbed child on your hands. Why are you not parenting? I know you got to talk about Wilson Financial, Roger. But I just want to throw that in really quick. It's like, where are the parents, and what are they not paying attention to? Boy,
1: that is a tough, John. I I know what you're saying, but, boy, that is a tough one because we just don't know what's going on inside that home. And, God forbid, if one of our kids... Did something I know. crazy? I know. You know, it's like. Now but they're suddenly- living
2: with you, Bob. It's different if they're 28 years old living on their own. But they're under your roof. No, yeah,
1: I know. I know. I'm just, well, there has, there has to know. be a
3: reason for it. You know I mean? If you've got yeah. a 28 year old at home, something tells me that there was more going on in terms of her emotional distress that her parents did know about. And that's part of the reason why she was still living with them a lot more. I mean, adolescents now sociologists tell us ends at age 27. So, I mean, she's literally just, you know, kind of at that age where she was ready to kind of f- flew the, f- flow the coop, if you'll fly the coop. But, you know, it's, it's interesting when we look at this, this thing, one of the issues that has been raised is, well, maybe she was angry. She was frustrated with the fact that her parents forced her to go to this Christian school. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to Christian education, one of the things I love about Dennis Wilson is he is an advocate for Christian education. I grew up as the the child of public school educators in a totally different day here in California. I think today my parents would have been looking at private school for us too. And people say, well, yeah, but it's so expensive. How do you do it? Well, if we manage our money right, If we steward the money correctly, especially for those of us in the grandparenting season, if this is a concern for you and you want to make sure that you have the resources, you talk to a guy like Dennis Wilson and he will help you rearrange and reconfigure where your investments are to provide for this type of thing. I mean, when you look at what happened at at Covenant Christian School in Nashville, they had the security. They've got the teacher involvement. You've got a woman like Catherine Kuntz, the principal who was literally willing to run to the gunfire. Uh-huh. against this former student and the, the John Drake, the uh, police captain said in a press conference afterwards when they found her body, her body was in the position as someone who had been blown back by a, a weapon like this. I mean, she was literally standing up to the killer. And I know that public school educators are fiercely committed to protecting their kids, but Christian school educators are as well. And this is one of the reasons why I recommend people call Dennis Wilson or go to Group.net and click on the banner to make sure your finances are in order, but also to make sure that if this is something that's important to you, you're providing for your grandkids for Christian education, sit down with Dennis and his advisor team and find out how you can make that happen. I mean, you can be very proactive. Your money doesn't just happen to you. I mean, if, if money comes your way because of you've earned it or maybe you've inherited it or something like that, then this is an opportunity for you to say, okay, God has blessed me with this. How am I going to steward this money? I'm 800-696-9970. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Wilson banner. But it really is a matter of being proactive in the areas where we can be proactive. And John, I want to resonate with what you're, you're saying too. Bob, I know it's a tough call when you have a child who has got uh, different needs or maybe there are uh, that, you know there's talk now that maybe Audrey was on the spectrum somehow and you know how do you manage that i have a, son, a, a nephew who's autistic who uh, still he's 29 he'll be 30 next month and he still lives with his mom and dad he will be living with them you know as long as they're here and he has a part time job works a couple of days a week volunteers a couple of days a week at the local library in their hometown but you know there are things that they have to do they are very much aware of his abilities, his limits, um, they, they knew exactly. I mean, he's the sweetest guy. Ian's just a great, I love being around that boy. Um, but at the same time, they have had to do the hard work and
2: take the look at their family situation. Well, and, and 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 say, Roger, what thank you. So he gets lives? Yeah, and you and you just said it all. And again, I'm, I'm not, guys. I'm not trying to be critical of any parent. I know you know raising kids is not difficult. It's a full time job. It's a never ending job until one of us goes to the grave. You're raising kids no matter what. That's just the way it works. Yeah. Or when we get super old, they raise us. That's a whole other conversation <laughs> for yeah. another yeah, day. But bottom sure. line, I get everything that you're saying, and, and I don't want to sound you know, critical of parents and the raising of kids. But guys, I also know I've raised my own kids. I'm still raising them to a large extent. You have to be aware and not live in denial and pay attention to what's going on and admit to yourself when you know something's off.
1: And I I guess all I'm saying is, we don't know what the situation is inside that home. She's dressing because, like a boy. Uh, look, I get that. I get that. And w- all I'm saying is if you have a child, if you have a 28 year old that's going through something like that, you as a parent may be talking with them and trying to, you know, t- well, I can tell you one them, thing, obviously. Bob. I'd know
2: if she had five guns in the house. Yep. Okay, yep. but yep. I, mean, I would know I, that. I, I, I know that, but
1: there's clear. also a lot of parents that don't know that their kids have porn and that don't know that their kids have well, drugs clueless. and
2: everything else. They're okay, clueless. But, all right, well, I'm serious. You know what? They're clueless. Because as a parent, I can tell you one thing I knew the entire time every single thing my kids did the entire time I raised them because I paid attention.
1: Okay, you know what? I pay attention too. I've had seven kids, but I don't think it's realistic to think that parents can automatically know everything. Kids do have secrets from their parents, especially when they're older and they're adults and they're more savvy at learning how to hide things. I mean, they can hide stuff from their parents. And by the way, I'm not saying that these parents, are. maybe they really are slacking parents who just went on autopilot and didn't do enough. That may be the case, but I'm just saying I don't think that's an automatic Well, and my, in like my
2: point is, and, and I don't know either, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, passing judgment where I probably shouldn't because mm-hmm. I don't know. But I also know many a parent, because I know some of these individuals personally, where they want to be the kid's friend and not the kid's no, parent. Know, and I that's the it. problem.
1: I, and I, I'm different. with you on that, too. I'm with yep. you on that, too. Absolutely. Amen. And look, I've said that to my own uh, kids before. Hey, look, you know what? I'm, adult kids. You know what? I'd love to be your friend, but I'm your dad first, and I'm never going to stop being your That's dad. That's right. right. And so I, I totally agree with you on that, John. All right, listen, I, Let's let's address the guns part of this, too, because right. I have to say— My eye twitches more and more. This whole gun-free zone thing is driving me nuts. I I think about it's a recipe
2: for disaster. It it is
1: now. Think about how many adults were were on staff in that building. I think there were somewhere in the neighborhood of what thirty or forty adults. You got teachers, coaches, janitors, uh, principal, administrators. Think of every adult in that school. I guarantee you that if we could talk to every single one of them, I'll bet you in Tennessee, in the Bible Belt, a Christian school, You've got several of those adults who are concealed carry holders. Several of those adults who own guns, who go to the gun range, are proficient in them, but their gun had to be sitting at home gathering dust because they weren't allowed to bring it to the gun free zone. These soft targets are exactly what the shooters go for. The police chief even admitted this particular shooter thought about, was trying to decide between this and a different location and chose this location because it was a softer target. Uh, How many of those, now, Look, we applaud the fact that those police got there in 14 minutes and took the shooter out. That's great. But 14 minutes, yeah, it's a quick period of time. But it's also a long period of time compared to two or three or six teachers in that school who, if they had had a gun with them, would have been able to confront that shooter maybe as soon as they heard the guns where where she was shooting her way in the door. Instantly, you go down and you meet her. What if that principal— I'd like to know if that principal, that headmaster, if she has a concealed carry license, if she owns a gun, what if she was allowed to have one, the confrontation in the hallway immediately, maybe would have been the shooter taken out mm-hmm. instead yeah. of five right. other people. Agreed. So oh, yes. to, we got to, to, we to, to be time willing time to talk to about this.
3: Yeah, we have to. And I think that the idea that you have a quote unquote gun-free zone, I'll never forget the first time I walked into one. I was with my kids in Chicago. We were going to go see the Cubs play at Wrigley Field, went to a supermarket and they actually had the sticker on the window, you know, with the circle and the red line through it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, shoot, that makes me feel a heck of a lot safer. And if I were a criminal, I'd say, darn it, I can't rob this Whole Foods because I can't bring <laughs> it. I mean, it's the dumbest thing when it, it comes is. to this type of legislation. But the You're idea right. there was a there was a school I want to say it was in Texas um, I don't remember specifically where it was but there was a concealed carry permit holding teacher on campus and some kid came in to try to shoot at the campus and was neutralized in 45 seconds I mean the the remarkable response time of the Nashville PD can't say enough about them what the teachers did what everybody involved at in the school I mean if you for a gun free zone to come away with only that small number of casualties and to neutralize the killer in less than 15 minutes is truly remarkable, but there's a big difference about what you could do with a gun right. in 15 minutes versus 45 seconds. I Absolutely. Mean, we, and
1: you can't argue with that. And you know what? Look, every single one of us likes the idea of saving lives, whatever can be done to save these children's lives, to save these adults' lives. We need to do, we are yes. in the life-saving business folks. Yep. And a quick reminder, you hear me talking about pre-born all the time. If you are passionate about saving children's lives, you can do this right now by giving to pre-born. Don't forget, it's this easy, folks. $28 stops one abortion. It's really that simple. Pre-born shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms, and those moms choose life almost all the time when they see that picture of the baby. Somebody's got to pay the $28 for these ultrasound images. Will you right now prayerfully consider giving Twenty-eight dollars times whatever number you can afford to do. If it's five babies, ten babies, hundred babies, whatever that number is, you know your budget better than I do. Uh, it's this simple. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on preborn, and it's twenty-eight dollars times whatever number. God lays on your heart. Uh, And we need some people out there to give big. We need people to give small. We need everybody in between. If you want to give over the phone, call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we do appreciate you folks doing this. Let's save lives. Now, we're talking about the gun-free zone nature of the school and how many of those teachers already are concealed carry holders. They could have had guns with them to stop that shooter instantly. Here's what I hear from, from people. And when I debate this on my show with people, it just, it drives me crazy to go, well, Bob, do you really think that some teacher is going to be as well-trained as a police officer? And I'm like, no. Not the point. I'm not making that claim, okay? Point. If I have to choose between a teacher and a police officer, I'll take the police officer all day long. But if I have to choose between a teacher with a gun and a teacher with an eraser to throw, I'm going to take the teacher with the gun if those are my only two choices for those first 14 minutes. And, and, and I and think Bob, that's and what really I got look Bob, at. If,
2: yeah. if, if that was publicized, which I think you should, if the... Perpetrators in this case, this particular gal. If she knew that school had armed people there, do you think she's going there, or she's That's skipping right. and going to the next one? That exactly. So typically, it, it, it's the be, you know the best. What, what do they say? You know, the the best defense is a great offense. Bottom mm-hmm. line is, we have no offense in schools today.
1: We don't, and these kids are like fish in a barrel, and they're picked off. And remember, mass shooters. They know, they plan this stuff ahead of time. She wrote out her plans right, right down to drawing the images of the clothing she was going to wear. She methodically worked out every detail. And part of those details were, what's the softest target that I can hit? That's right. Mass shooters. Do, remember 2012? John, you know this, Aaron, in Colorado. That's remember right. the Aurora, Colorado, right. uh, during the Batman movie theater shootings? That guy, James Holmes, if I remember right, right, I think James his name Holmes. was. That's okay, right. You know what he did? There were seven movie he theaters. He passed them up. That's right. Seven movie theaters in Aurora playing the Batman movie. Six of them you were allowed to t- conceal carry inside. One of them was that gun-free zone. He drove past the ones right. closer to him to single out the gun-free zone That's place. Right. When, oh, when are people going to see this? I've said this it, in, I've said it in a
2: gazillion times, Bob. These are not uh, heroes. These guys are cowards, and they will right. do every single thing they possibly can to not be shot back at.
3: Wait, guys, yeah, I don't so, understand. I mean, they, it was a gun free zone, but he brought a gun. Isn't that illegal?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, shouldn't that
2: have <laughs> yeah, stopped? I, I don't you know, understand.
3: I don't know. This, this,
1: this is really obscure, but do you guys remember the classic movie, The Jerk? From oh, yeah. Steve Martin. Okay, uh, there's a scene in there where he's getting chased by that psycho who's trying to kill him, and the then Steve Steve right the sniper and Steve Martin drives that car with no tires into the carnival, and there's a sign that says Carnival Personnel Only, and so the gunman stops. He goes, Oh, you can't go in there. It says you're not carnival personnel, and he doesn't go in there because he obeys it. Now that was a parody in a movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is what the liberal left actually believes that the gunman is going to say. Oh, I can't shoot up this place because it's a gun-free zone. Well, okay, well I guess I better obey and, here, and guys,
2: I'm sorry, Bob. They don't believe that. They know exactly I what's know. going to uh, happen. You're right. all part of their plan to disarm the population. The more these events, and by the way, they don't care about people. Newsflash to everyone on the left. You don't That's care true. about people because if you did, we'd have fixes to this like we're talking about right now. Bottom line, Bob, is they don't care about people. They love these events. They can play off of them, and it's their goal. Every communist's goal is to disarm the population. And that's the ultimate goal here. Well, it's
3: not, and you know, not, so, not a disarming guy. So remember, I mean, they don't have a gun problem in Australia because they had a
2: buyback, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. everybody and got a buyback. Like, how long they were they forget. in lockdown, by the way, with COVID? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. the next,
3: yeah. And they haven't had a mass shooting like this in Scotland in years because they changed the laws. So, why don't we just, I mean, let's all retweet uh, whoever it was that they were retweeting yesterday. Uh, you know the the left all has their marching orders right i mean they they, mm-hmm. they do a much better job of organizing their media things i mean there was the i, I don't want to have to retweet this again but you know after the dunblane shooting in scotland in 1996 they passed common-sense gun legislation and there hasn't been a mass shooting since like oh okay so scotland took away their guns and it's only a matter how much freedom do they have i mean in right. all honesty i
1: ridiculous. know well you, you know what though. The Democrats, and to John's point, they want to take away the guns, of course. Let's not kid ourselves. But I would argue that there's actually a twofold purpose here. Number one, yes, they just want to take people's guns away. This is something that Nazi Germany did when Adolf Hitler got into power. Hey, let's take away people's gun ownership rights. It's really part of fascism that they're pushing. That's right. But the other thing is... This is a political strategy on the part of the Democrats. The Democrats know full well that they can get just a few percentage votes from independent swing voters if they can convince those independent swing voters that Republicans have blood on their hands whenever stuff like this happens. So here's here's basically how it plays out. We have a mass shooting. We use that to our advantage. Never let a good crisis go to waste. How do we use this? By saying we need to propose new gun laws which have no bearing on shootings like this, but we need to propose them Anyway, we know that Republicans are going to oppose them. We can therefore say, how many children have to die before Republicans will do something and stop blocking our efforts to stop these shootings? And they know that they can get just a few percentages of independent swing voters to go, yeah, boy, it, those Republicans seem to be in bed with the NRA and and Democrats are just trying to stop these shootings. And so what happens is it swings a few votes From the center, and all you need are two or 3% of the vote from swing voters in the middle, and that can swing any election toward the Democrats. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of their strategy as well. When shootings like this happen, it's another opportunity for us to capitalize on this politically while at the same time trying to take away people's gun ownership rights and stripping the Second Amendment oh man getting on a rant and, and the reason why i, I say I, they don't care about yeah we got about 30 of... seconds so you know the reason 30, 30 i say
2: this look at their response that the moment this happens they go on the gun control kick not that oh, i know not that they feel bad for the people that's affected
1: i know you're absolutely right hey listen folks we always appreciate you listen to this podcast we do and we're going to hit these issues head on every time they happen in the news and what's going on and we also want to remind you as well uh support the sponsors to this podcast support uh, Dennis Wilson Financial. Okay, support ADF. Support Preborn. Give to save unborn babies' lives right now. It's twenty-eight dollars to save one baby's life. How many babies' lives will you save through Preborn? Is it ten? Is it hundred? Take twenty-eight dollars times whatever that number is, and go online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on Preborn, and you can give right there. And you can give over the phone too. Eight three three eight five zero baby and remember you're paying for ultrasound images for moms to see images of their babies and that's what makes them choose life so pre-born does this all over the country we need you folks to partner and get involved and give what you can and we appreciate you listening to us every week you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com you can listen to past episodes at crawfordmediagroup.net or stitcher podcast apple podcast spotify tune in wherever you listen uh, and we always appreciate your five-star reviews as well so john rush rushed reason out of denver colorado roger marsh of the bottom line from the people's republic of california myself bob duco the bob duco show out of detroit looking forward to having neil boron back with us next week guys always great catching up with you thanks so much
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks.
0: You bet. Thanks for
1: listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors. Over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. And look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.